0: The Abstract Athlete Podcast, a collision of art, sports, and science. Welcome, everyone. Thank you for listening to the Abstract Athlete Podcast appreciate our listeners and our sponsors for their incredible support. Remember, if you have any questions or comments, please send it to info at theabstractathlete.com. Do not forget to listen to our new podcast we have on the Abstract Athlete Network, the Abstract Doctors podcast with Dr. G and Dr. C. Follow us on social media under the Abstract Doctors. And also excited about One Man's Ethos podcast with Tony Mandrich. Follow us at OneMansEthos.com and on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And you can also follow Tony on Instagram at Tony Mandridge. And you can check out Tony's amazing photographs at TonyMandridge.com. Stop by our website, TheAbstractAthlete.com for information on subscription boxes and on upcoming events and workshops. Make sure to follow us on social media platforms, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter really uh, feel honored today as I got to talk with an incredible painter, investment advisor, author, activist, and former NBA star, Joe Barry Carroll, going to chat about his incredible basketball playing career and his life after basketball. Also going to talk about his amazing artwork and his inspirations and ideas. Make sure to follow Joe on Instagram at Joe Barry Carroll or you can also check out his website at joberrycarrol.com. Let's welcome Joe Barry Carroll.
1: Hey, it
0: works. <laughs> That's perfect. All right, how can I help? Well, thank you for doing this for one. This is sure. uh, an, an absolute honor. We absolutely appreciate your time. Um, I don't know if you looked up who we are, what we do, and and uh, and all that stuff. Um, you kind of fit into the mold of of um, athletics and art artistic you're also um an activist you've you're you've done so many really truly amazing things in the world this is really a platform to talk um like i obviously want to talk about your basketball prowess but i also you know i'm an artist um a painter as well i think you are absolutely a fantastic painter and love to hear how that got started um, you know, I just well, think thank like, you. you've done so many, like, really, um, really incredibly important things in the world. And so I think, again, it's just kind of an honor to have you on, and, and um, we can just start chatting. All right. Where do you want to start? Well, that's up to you. <laughs> I mean, really, truly, like I'm. So, a, so I got
1: answers. I got answers. If you're not picky about what I say. Oh no, absolutely <laughs> not. No, no, no,
0: absolutely not. This is this is this is like I said. This is a platform for you to 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 speak away. Like, um, I guess. I mean, you know, like you started out as as an athlete, like and a, the highest of high level athletes. I'm in, I mean, like, for me, it's like, I could have been drafted to play baseball. So I know, like, that, that level of that. But were you an artist growing up? I think I read that said that you started painting five, five-ish years ago. Is that correct? Yeah,
1: I think it's always going to be five years because I figure <laughs> that if I get better, and it's only been a brief time, I'll get more credit for my work. That's genius. (laughs) I might start using that. uh, Yeah, yeah. It's actually been probably maybe six or seven years, but uh, I'm, you know, I'm I'm sticking to five because it's more, it's more impressive that way. Yeah. But yeah, I just, I have, I've I've always gone to art galleries. I've been a big fan. I mean, I took art classes in, as you know, in in elementary school and uh, that place as a child, but never really any. Formal, uh, more um, demanding art classes, other than the regular, you know, play with clay and that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. you mistakes. didn't take
0: anything like at Purdue or anything.
1: No, no, I'm a uh, my I'm an undergraduate in economics
0: from Purdue. Okay, and yeah. now it's like it's it's interesting because one of the things that I've started, I teach at Virginia Commonwealth University, mm-hmm. and yeah. there's so many athletes, which is actually a very big basketball school, which you probably know. But I, um, I started a program that kind of goes along the lines of our business called Art and Athletics, where you know it brings in athletes, it brings in people from, that are not from the art department into an area to be creative. And it doesn't matter what their creativity is. I just want them to be in that space. Now, obviously, it's a little different during COVID, but I want them all to be in this space to be creative and have these different dialogues from different, different places. Cause you know, the athletes are always kind of off in their separate area. The artists are in another area, the medical students are in another area, but like when you bring them all together, the conversation I find is like really, really um, interesting. And I actually think important. I
1: never had that as a, um, I mean, I didn't think about art. I'm, I'm just now 62. Yeah. So I was well into my fifties when I thought of myself as a creative myself. Right. I've always been drawn to these communities, but never really had any exposure to it uh, coming up. Right. Uh, so I, I wish—I mean, I certainly would have loved to have participated in something like that when I was at Purdue, but I, I'm not aware that it existed.
0: I would—I would have loved to have participated in something like that at Ohio State. Yeah. No, it's—it is something that I think we're trying to change that dynamic and knock down the the stereotypes of those walls of, you know, the artist and the athletes are supposed to be separated because I think we all are truly creative beings. And for a lot of times for the athletes, they're not allowed to be, you know, because athletics takes over that space. Did you always feel like athletics was just took, took up the time? I assume. Well,
1: on the collegiate level, it certainly does between your classes and uh, participating in sports. I mean, the training and practice and travel and getting ready to do that all over again. is going to take up a lot of time. Uh, I just did not think about it at that time. I've always I had I had plenty of posters and prints in my dorm room, but I never thought about it uh, beyond that as much as just what the what the images kind of said to me. Because it, it, it is, when you think, when I begin to unpack it, like listening to you talk about it now, it's, I'm aware that it's always been present. It's just a matter of my, my I'm, I'm a little more full-throated about it now.
0: Yeah. No, and I I, I I would say the same for me. I didn't even, to be honest with you, I did personally did not even realize you could go to school for art when I went to school the first time, which sounds... Well, I'm trying, I'm
1: trying not to go to school because I tell people all the time, I, I want to forever be a self-taught, uh, undereducated artists, because that way I don't have any accountability. Right. So whatever I do, no matter what criticism they level at me, I'll say, "Well, what do you expect? I'm a little, I'm ignorant. I don't know. I don't know any difference. You know, got kind of to So I'm holding on to that.
0: What? Like, uh, that's. I, I love that. By the way, thank you. What? What? What is like your inspiration for for your art? Um.
1: Ask me more. I mean, ask me deep. Say it another, uh, Could you say that another way? Um,
0: like what? What in terms of your imagery? Like where? Where does it come from? Like is it, is it personal to you? Is it responsive to specific things? Because I think one of the cool things that you've done in your life, you know, like one of the things is that what was it? At age twenty-five or twenty-six, you started your own foundation. Like you have, you do all these incredible things in the community? And I'm want, like, mm-hmm. does the artwork come from that kind of a space? Is it more reflective of your growing up? Is it reflective of just what you see? Is that a uh, uh,
1: Yeah, Yeah, well, yeah, I, I do believe it's historical. Um, and mostly I just show up, I, I try to show up and be honest, yeah. and move through it. Um, mm-hmm. It's a lot of storytelling. I grew up around a family that, uh, deep in storytellers. My father, uh, who I had until I was 10 years old, he was a master storyteller. And you'll see in my books, uh, that I, you know, I kind of parrot that a bit, uh, telling stories to match the images or creating images to match the stories.
0: Right.
1: Um, but mostly I just try to, I, I show up and try to be honest about what I'm doing. I want to tell a story well. Some artists are consumed with being original, like they're the first ones to ever do this. Which I think I'm like good luck to them because, you know, I guess mankind, uh, Homo sapiens, are a couple hundred thousand years old or something. I'm going like, you're going to have really a tough row to try to create something brand new after you know two thousand years of of humanity. Right. But um, you know, I just don't think that um, you know. There's anything new under the sun, right? Uh, so what I try to focus on is doing it well. I want to do something well, and well certainly is a subjective matter. Uh, it depends on you know uh, the perspective. It's a very subjective matter. Who, who, who's who's judging whether it's done well? Right. But I really I never stop with the work until I think it's uh, done well.
0: Right. Well, I just, you know like as a painter myself, when I look at your work, I just first of all I think you have just a beautiful stroke. Like I think it's a very confident stroke, but I think you, you have it, you have just a beautiful sense of color, the way that you, you know, operate like, like these super rich, um, just, I mean, I'm looking at the stained glass window behind you right now. And it, almost has, it almost has that kind of a sense to it. There's almost like this internal light coming out of it. And, and I, you know, I actually showed, one of my students, your work the other day, um, mm-hmm. because they were interested in in like figurative work and and they play sports and I was like, well, I'm actually going to be talking with, you know, this person and like and I showed it to him and they were just like, whoa, you know, and I said, the the inspiration or the inspiring part about this is he really truly just started doing this five yeah. years ago. Well, I I, lo-
1: I love the bright colors. I tell people that. The simplest way to understand my my choice of colors uh, is just that I'm Southern, and we like bright colors. I mean, it's just I mean, it's just it might be that simple. Is that I'm country and I like uh, bright colors, uh, and I try to create some type of discipline around it. But I've always been drawn to these reds and oranges, yellows, yep. ambers, and especially what happens when when paint comes together unrehearsed. Like you may, because uh, I never um, paint, I, I never eliminate an image. I paint on top of it because, you know, as an artist yourself, you know, that it's, yep. it, you know, you, you may have 10, you may have a dozen passes on a board that you're working on. And so there are probably five or six compositions under there because you just keep going. And sometimes you come up with brand new colors that were, were really not intended. But they make sense when you know that the prior color was this and then you put it on top of that. And then one thing leads to another.
0: That's what I always say to people is like the beautiful thing about painting is there's never a mistake. You just paint over it. (laughs) Well, it's
1: it's a metaphor of sorts. I tell people uh, that it's kind of like our lives when we make mistakes, when we fall down. We don't go all the way back to the start line. We pick up where we are and move forward. Right, you know, and 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 I think that you know it's, it's just kind of a grand little metaphor for it. So where did
0: you where did you grow up? I know that you you were in Denver at in your in high school. Did you grow up in Colorado? You said you're from the south.
1: I I, I lived in Pine Bluff, Arkansas, until okay. I was thirteen. Okay, and then we moved to Denver, and where I went to junior high and high school, yeah. and then to Purdue from there. Yeah. yeah,
0: how did you? I mean, I assume, but, that- but,
1: but 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 as people of color, it's almost wherever we go, we're going to have a southern influence because of the communities that migrated to Northern towns. So seeing people of color in Northern cities, you know that either they or their parents or certainly their parents' parents certainly came from the South and is influenced greatly by by Southern culture.
0: Right, right, right. How how did you end up at Purdue? Um, Like, cause I'm assuming you were highly recruited,
1: that's you would, a, you would be wrong. <laughs> I would be
0: wrong. Okay. That's surprising. That is surprising.
1: Well, I'm a, I'm a late bloomer. Okay. I mean, um, as, as athletes, we live in a very critical yeah. environment. You know, there's always someone with an opinion about us, blah, blah, blah. And I tell them, I said, the joke's on you because this is, I, I mean, no one would have ever guessed that I would have, uh, gone to play to Purdue, became an All American, Big 10 uh, 11 year professional career, all-star game and all that stuff. And, uh, you know, I was a good steward with my money. So that, that whole thing, uh, is, is, is in place. So I didn't see any of this coming either, nor did my family, nor did anyone really, I'm grateful for it. It's a, it's a, it's a daily meditation for me in gratitude, uh, around how well things did turn out because they could have gone so different.
0: Now, I, I, it, it's, you know, you, you came into the NBA during such an incredible time, really, where it kind of shifted with, with the Magics and the Birds, and you were playing against Kareem, and, and you came in the same draft class, class as Mikhail, right? like you like, Yeah,
1: in 19, 1980.
0: 80, yeah, and so, like, yeah. what is it like for you to watch basketball now? Is it, is it just a completely different game to you? to watch it I'm. or do you I'm, still watch it
1: for your for your for your viewers are we viewing are we am are we taping We're taping. Or we, oh, yeah, yeah. it'll be just audio oh, okay it'll
0: be just audio but i i'll it's use this, oh use, okay i'll use pictures for promotion stuff but.
1: no I, actually I, actually i said that because i keep trying to look at the screen oh. i'm trying to figure out like are they going to say what the, what the hell why is he wandering off is he cross-eyed it uh, <laughs> i i admire these young guys um yeah. Some of the older cats will talk about how different things are now, um, and they are different. But I don't think they're they're less. I think each generation puts their own stamp on whatever it is. And some of the guys I hear sometimes, I'm going like, "You've got to be kidding!" They've forgotten how they lived during the '70s and the '80s. Right. To have they have no grounds. Nobody has really any true grounds for criticism of these young cats. They they. Um, I like them. They run fast. They jump high. Uh, they shoot the and, lights out, <laughs> and they and they have agency. They're they're in touch with the agency that they have about who they are. I mean, in terms of the league, they are the league. They know it, um, and even the guys who are the big stars, they seem to take on a responsibility for the position that they have right. in terms of in their in their communities, in their charitable work, and they 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 own it. And I'm 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 impressed by them. Yeah, I'm not I'm not one of those old cats that's, that's talking about like like for instance for me it would be a struggle now because the game is really perimeter, but I can't be mad at them. It's just a more athletic game now. I doubt that they would wait for me to jog down the damn floor <laughs> and set up in the post. They'd meet me on the way back, and they're like, Joe, we're done. Where were you? You know, <laughs> but, so I'm kind of glad I showed up when I did because I don't know what kind of career I'd have now. Right,
0: right, right. You know, it yeah. is a completely different game. It, but you know, I mean, there's, I mean, there's seven footers. It's, I'm sure you would have kept up in a completely different way. I mean, well, it, they're shooting,
1: they're shooting jump shots. They're shooting yeah. like at the three point range, and I'm just not understanding that because you know you've you've lost your advantage at seven feet right. by being that far away from the floor. You may as well be, you know. Mugsy Bogues or yeah. something. <laughs> you know, if you're going to shoot that far, everybody can shoot out there. But if you're the closer you get to the basket, the higher your percentage yeah. uh, of completion is. So, I mean, that's just a little detail. But I think the game is in fine hands. It looks to be. I don't yeah. follow it as closely as I did when I was playing. Uh, but um, that's okay. I don't. I don't did, have any issues with it. Did, I'm, I'm grateful for the career I had.
0: Did you play any other sports growing up?
1: No, man, I barely made basketball. <laughs> I, I didn't have a chance <laughs> Well no. I, like, I I had to
0: I had, like the beautiful connection for me is like one of my you know, heroes is Hank Aaron and uh Willie May is Hank Aaron because I was an outfielder, like they were just two two of my favorites. And you um received the Hank Aaron Award what I, I did it, 10, ten years ago. I was
1: like? so impressed. I was so impressed by him. He he was um he had just had some procedure and he was in a wheelchair. And he was apologizing to me for passing me, the, for presenting the award from the chair. And I'm going like, dude, you're Hank Aaron. You could do anything. I'd come to your house and cut your yard, you know, if you need it. I just thought that was, I mean, you talk about having some type of gratitude. I thought that was just so phenomenal yeah. that I came from where I, I, I've been. And especially because I remember when he broke the record uh yep. and and the whole how the hysteria in the country around that for different reasons for different people yep. but there i was and he was presenting me this with this reward and he leaned over and said I, you know i apologize for my seat and i'm going like are you kidding and i just went on and he started laughing and we just it was just a really uh one of those special moments that we have as um athletes uh because we meet as you know you meet so many different people along yep. the way and some of these people you you maybe worship from afar. And he certainly was that cat for me.
0: Yeah, no, and I, like I, you just touched on something I always think is interesting is when you kind of meet those those hero types. And, you know, like it had to be crazy for you to be playing against Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. And yeah, was he an like, you know, maybe we can get in like to people that inspire you because you know, like, again, you mentioned you've written many books. Like, Kareem's, Kareem is also an author uh, and actually writes a lot of poetry, I believe. And the, is there any, like, overlap in terms of, like, athletic inspiration or creative inspiration? Um
1: I can't think of any of the players that I played. They were – Kareem was – he wasn't available to me when I played. I play. I mean, we played, I played against him maybe the first six years of my career. And then, you know, he aged out at some point. Um, phenomenal player. I mean, the most perfect, he has, he's probably the most perfect um, in terms of execution and a shot ever in history of basketball, as far as I've seen. I mean, some of that has to do with my age, but, he has a certain kind of uh, mythology and approach to shooting that hook shot that if you ever observe it, you'll understand why it was so perfect and why he has the most points of anybody ever in the, in the history of the game or whatever. But anyway, that aside from a personal standpoint, he was not really, you know, he was not open. He was the, he was, he was, he wasn't, he was not the person he is today, let's say. Right. Yeah. And I probably, you know, he probably had all these young cats coming to him. He's probably annoyed. I get out of my face, kid. You know. <laughs> you know kind of right.
0: <laughs> well, do yeah. you? Do, is there any like artists that that like you've been like really influenced by? And maybe it can be musical. I mean, like it doesn't have to be like painting. Although, like painting would probably fit the most logical dialogue. Well, I'm influenced.
1: I'm influenced by everybody. Yeah. I mean, there's nothing that I see that does not influence me. I think that's why so frequently we see artists that look like other artists because we're all in this environment and we're touched by it. So the answer is yes, and it's probably everybody, even art that I don't particularly appreciate because I don't really believe in that there's bad art. Matter of fact, I have a series that I do on Facebook, on Instagram and Facebook now, to where it's titled, this is what I like about that.
0: I like that. And I have this.
1: I have this series. It's actually the line itself is from an old blues record. Uh, a, 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 a guy's. Anyway, it's a long story, so it's not necessary. But uh, who knows who's I the latest? And I and I write. Well, it's a, it's an old blues song, and his he actually says all I got to say about that is this. He's talking about people been spreading lies about him in town. Yeah. And so in my instance, I say this is what I like about that. Because I, um, prefer to focus on what I enjoy from an artist as opposed to whatever their failures or flaws are. And the same thing is with people, I think. But, uh, I, I write about the different artists because I can find something good in anybody's work. I mean, something somewhere yep. with respect to lines, composition, value structure, uh, how they, whether their work is foreground and why I expect, why they think they may be foreground, background, how they treat light, you know, and that type of thing. So I talk about a lot of people I consider to be masters or certainly excellent and what I like about it. And I gain something from everybody. Yeah. I mean, everybody can be our teacher. I think it's foolish for us to shut ourselves off. How limited, how petty of us to shut ourselves off from a genre of work or a particular
0: person. We're, we're in such a world of narcissism, particularly now. <laughs> and we don't, you know, uh, and I agree, I think that we, we all can teach each other something because we all come from different spaces, whether it's like, culturally, religiously, um, uh, athletically, artistically, like, it, we're, we're different people, but we're not that different. And <clears throat> if yeah. we don't open up that dialogue, we get stuck which I well yeah and i think artists
1: are particularly vulnerable to that because they're always they have this quest to do something different. Yep. Like one of the most offensive things you can almost say to many artists is you remind me of. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because they think that you're saying that they copied them yep. or you're you're denying them their identity and i think it's the other i think it's it's impossible. I also think fully, it's a compliment.
0: Fully, Personally, yeah, I I
1: do. It's the same.
0: It's the same with music. Like I used to sing in bands, and they would people would say, "You sound like," I'm like, "Really? That's like, thanks." (laughs) You know, and it's it's not that I'm trying to emulate them. And like an artist, like I look at your work, and I there's certain elements that I pick out, but there is a uniqueness. I always think that an artist does have their own touch, and that's you know you can like I think it's the artist's job to like take not take is a bad way to say it, but to borrow from from Mm -hmm. people that inspire them
1: yeah well and 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 there's and and it's going to be different anyway because like if you were to duplicate or if you were to take my pitch take one of my paintings and put it on an easel next to your easel yep and begin to paint it's going to look different yep it's going to be your special touch on what what joe did kind of thing so i just think it's it's foolish to spend too much time with that. I think a a more appropriate amount of time should be spent with doing something well, Yep. you know, uh, doing a good job. Because when I write, you know, I don't particularly write like any particular person, but when I'm done telling the story, I want the person to go, hmm, yes, I understand. I fully understand. And that's that's what I'm looking for. That's what I'm shooting for. I'm not, I don't, I mean, because the other thing, I don't think it's, it's necessarily a reflection of virtue or nobility <laughs> the, about, you know, right. uh, the other thing as much as I just know that I can't, you know, I'm not going to be able to create anything original.
0: Right. Well, and you know, one of the things I, I also wanted to chat a little bit about is like, I think, you know, I mentioned this earlier, like you've done so many incredibly, Good things for community, for humanity. I guess probably the reason why you you know were, were awarded uh, one of Hank Aaron's awards. I mean, do you want to talk a little bit about the foundation you set up? You also you also started working with it. Was it the I don't know if you still work with it, the Georgia Innocence Project or you have some collaboration with them? And I mean, there's the, I I guess like you know I, I when when I mentioned like the the new group of basketball players, I think like a LeBron James. I almost think that he's going to be remembered more for what he does in the world, more oh, absolutely. than than he, what he does on the court. And he's and that, I mean, and he's and he's fantastic I, on the court. If I, you I'm can an, imagine. I'm an Ohio guy, so he's right. <laughs> He's the goat to me. <laughs> right.
1: Um, I, I've had a history of that, but I that's but I have to preface this with saying that there are a lot of players doing a lot of good oh, yeah. work out there. Yep. And it's just that it's not as interesting to. The society at large when it's you know good news yep bad news beats you home,
0: yes, it does. but
1: good news you know it doesn't it doesn't travel quite as fast because people are you know they're just fascinated by it, they're titillated by it. Uh, I've been doing i mean since I had money that uh, beyond what I needed for all my own food shelter and clothing, I've had some philanthropic project going on. currently, any of the proceeds that I get from my books or speaking or uh, when I begin to sell this artwork, it all goes to my nonprofits, and that's currently that's George Ennis' project, the ACLU, the Pe- Poor People's Campaign, yep. and that type of thing. Uh, because I think the work is important, uh, and money—they need money to you know fund positions and pay lawyers and all that kind of stuff. So yep. you know,
0: no, I I, just, you know, like I a-
1: think I'm much like I'm much like other guys. So I'm not. This is not unusual. Most of the guys that play, uh, over half of them are doing something. Yeah.
0: But I don't think enough people say thank you, you know, because you're, I mean, you're right. The, the bad stuff gets, gets put out there more than, than, than the good stuff. And it, and it oh, I, you know, yeah. I mean, it's true. Well, I, mean, I, to, I told,
1: I told people when I, when I did my uh, book tour or reading for my memoir, my first book is Growing Up. Yep. And it's, a, it's uh, I got 50 images and 50 narratives in there. And I told, I tell the speaker, I tell the, the audience assembled, I always joke with them and say, there's a spoiler alert. Now there's no uh, d- drug use. There's no alcoholism, there's no prison. There's no any, none of the traditional things that make books fail. You know, you're just gonna have to like this because you enjoy my painting or you like the way I talk about a little boy growing up, uh, idolizing his father. Right. You know that kind of thing because even I'm I'm a child of a I was of a single parent. My parents were never married, but I don't even have a horror story there because they each had their respective roles on what was best for me, and I could never play them against each other, even though they lived in different homes. You know, right? Kind of right. Thing.
0: So you know, yeah. and you grew up in a, a big family, right? Didn't, didn't I big... am I'm
1: number ten. I'm number ten <laughs> of thirteen of my mother's children. Nice. Yeah.
0: Did any other athletes in the family? Artists?
1: Well, actually, I do have a couple of brothers that played football, but you got to remember they were in perhaps in the early 60s in Arkansas. So the most they could really aspire to, because this was a time of uh, segregation and limited opportunities for, uh, you know, uh, black athletes. So the most that they could aspire to was maybe going to one of the HBCUs, which both of them did attend uh, uh, temporarily. But uh, I'm, I'm on the end, so there are only girls. There are only uh, two girls underneath me, so uh, that would have been eligible to play. Right. Yeah, but I'm the only, I'm the only athlete in the family.
0: No artists?
1: No. Well, uh, But, you know, we're all artists in some ways. I teach I people, agree. I tell them, when you put your clothes on in the morning, you're being creative. Yeah, because there's a certain, yes. Because everybody has their own drag. You know, everybody has the way they dress, yep. even if they dress down. You know, uh, with just shirt and a pair of jeans, it's, it's a look. So, I mean, we should give ourselves more credit than that. You know, to say that we're all artists. You I, know, but none of them are formal. None of them have been uh, declared artists. Right. You know. Yeah, no, you
0: speak our language because we we come from that place that we're all creative beings. Most of us just stop, unfortunately. And I think it's important that people actually, I, I personally, you know, like I personally think if, if people were creative every day, we'd 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 be better humans, but that's, you know. I well, and
1: it's different things to different people, just like art is different things to different people. I mean, some people, you know, they'll like what I do and some people won't even, won't even pause to look at it. And I think as people, we're that way. I mean, it's kind of um, an illustration of how different we are as people.
0: Yep, I, I, I 100% agree. Wanted to take a quick second, make sure to check out Joe on Instagram at Carroll or stop by his website, JoeBarryCarol.com. Make sure again to listen to our new podcast on the Abstract Athlete Network, the Abstract Doctors with Dr. G and Dr. C. You can follow us at the or on social media under the Abstract Doctors. And One Man's Ethos podcast with Tony Mandrich, which you can follow on Instagram at One Man's Ethos or check us out at one ethos.com You can also check out Tony on Instagram at Tony Mandrich or check out his amazing photographs at TonyMandrich.com. Now, back to Joe. So what, like, what, um... I know this is like a weird question because we're in COVID time, but what are you working on? Are you, I obviously you're like, you're probably painting away. Do you have any exhibition stuff coming up? Are you in the process of writing another book or, you know, doing anything in that world?
1: All of that. How did you know? <laughs> nice. <laughs> Research. Um, Research I, I... works. <laughs> well, we're, you know, as artists, we're always in communication with, with museums and exhibit places. To yeah. get our work shown because right now i don't i've not sold any work i've created uh over a hundred original works but um i'm waiting i'm trying to wait because i don't want to just send work out yeah. um and so i'm wanting to exhibit my work and kind of have people acquire a taste for it still a kind of a branding right as opposed to just sending things out plus i keep my work because I want to be able to curate a show somewhere anywhere from the beginning to the end without having to go and, um, solicit, uh, you know, go from people who bought the pieces, you know, for $50 right. to ask them if would they loan it to for a show.
0: Right, right.
1: And I'm work and I'm working on some, I'm always working, writing something. And I have a, I'm actually the creative thing is half of what I do. The other half is I, I run money. I'm a uh, investment yeah. advisor. Uh, for uh, some professional athletes, I have a small group of athletes that I work with in the NBA and the NFL. That um, I'm, I have a, a kind of a, a discipline that I use for myself that I share with them. And so it's it's a, it's a full day. I have a <laughs> I have yeah. a full day. Yeah.
0: No, but that's I, I I think that that's good. I mean, like that that balance of how your brain probably operates all day long, where you're going into the financial stuff, then you're going to the creative stuff, then you know, back and forth. I, to me, I just think that's a healthy, a healthy balance.
1: Well, it's necessary for me. I need the balance. I, um, money only um, does so much. I mean, it's kind of, if, you, if your only ambition in life is to see how high you can stack cash, it will be a hollow victory for you. Absolutely. Now, I'm not bad-mouthing cash. Cash is good, <laughs> okay? But it cannot be your final destination. And right. for me, uh, to be to have on one side of my studio charts and graphs and a desk full of papers, um, research white papers and Dylan delving into modern portfolio theory and mean regression and all these uh, concepts. And then the other half of my day is trying to figure out what the best value structure is uh, from the middle of the board to the bottom of the board. <laughs> you know, it's it, beautiful. It, it does something. That yeah. It's beautiful. Yeah. yeah. It, it's helpful for me. Now, there's different things for different people. Yeah. I know there are artists who that's all they do is art. And I know there are uh, investment professionals that's all they can do.
0: Right.
1: For me, the two go together in some kind of crazy way.
0: Yeah. What, this is maybe a, a difficult question, but what, like, what are you most proud of? Because, again, for me, you're like a super inspiring person. Like, I've known about you for a while and, you know, I've read up on stuff. And then I had um, Andrew Marinus recommended I reach out to you, um, a writer. Oh, okay. And, and, and then when, you know, when he did that, it, it reignited me, like, trying to get a hold of you. But, you know, again, like, when, When I look at, you know, like your, your website or wiki or, you know, wherever I look at stuff, you've just done so many incredible, inspiring, exciting, different kind of things. Like, is there, is there a one thing that you, that stands out to you as like, this is, you know, like we were talking about LeBron, like he's probably going to be remembered from what's off the court than what's on the court. But like, is there something that you would want people to go, oh. That's Joe.
1: I don't know. I yeah. I let people go wherever they want to with it. Right. Uh, what I'm most. Um, well, I get a lot of satisfaction out of being able to do all these things and they're meaningful to me that uh, I, I feel like it's authentic that I'm not uh, that basically this is who I am. Right. Um. And I don't know if I have a real elegant answer to your question, so you might want to
0: it. <laughs> I don't know that it was an eloquent question. Uh, but- I
1: just, I, you know, I, I'm, I'm cool. I don't have a particular thing that I, I need all of these things at once. I don't know whether they, you know, calm me or it's therapeutic. I'm not sure. I don't know. I haven't thought about it that far into it other than it's just, it's fundamental to who I am.
0: Right. Well, you know, we'll, well, I know you're a busy person, so like we can start um, wrapping up. But we always like to ask these kind of goofy questions at the end. I guess they're goofy. I don't know. E-
1: everyone are. is busy. Yeah. I know Every, that's everyone, everyone is busy. I
0: know. It's a, it's a good <laughs> I never thing. Know what. I never
1: know when someone tells me they're busy. I'm going like... Hey, everybody's busy. What are you talking <laughs> I, about?
0: I, I know that's what I always say. It's like some, I can't call you back because I'm busy. It's like all right, right fine. you right, just don't want to call me back. Good.
1: Yeah. Right. You know. Just leave. You've, you've like traveled
0: <laughs> you've traveled a lot and like is there a favorite a favorite place that you've visited, whether it's Europe or United States, wherever? And then we always like to get food recommendations, so when we're allowed to travel again, <laughs> you know. Um
1: Okay, so I don't want to seem like I'm evading your question or avoiding it, but uh, (laughs) avoiding your question, but everywhere I go, I can find something. If a place is not famous for food, maybe I move to architecture. If it's not famous for that, you move to landscape or whatever. I can find something any place that I go. And the older I get, I will only go to places that I think I'm going to find something. So I kind of have a, you know, I've narrowly selected it so I don't just go everywhere. But I enjoy traveling. Uh, in recent years, I, I don't as much because by the time you're, I'm, I'm, I may have mentioned I'm 62. For some reason, I like to tell people that. It makes, <laughs> me, it, it makes me feel mature.
0: Uh, I finally reached
1: uh, it. Right, right. I'm, a, I'm eligible for Social Security now. Um, <clears throat> but, excuse me, but when I go, I usually go, I, I travel a lot more to the um, big cities now. Uh, Paris, uh, Cape Town, uh, Johannesburg, uh, London. uh, I mean, it's always a a major metropolitan area with exception to when you go on on safari. So I tend not to explore as much. So every place I go is generally rich in culture and entertainment or, you know, or even just a good long walk,
0: right? And do I, I do I assume that you bring some of that back into your artwork? Do you...
1: I think I think anything we do, whatever we do, is impossible. It's impossible for us to escape bringing it into our work. Right. I don't. I don't. I could not point to something and uh, identify it particularly, but it's there.
0: Right.
1: I know it's there because that's what we are. It's a. Um, everything we do is kind of a. a, a we're involved in this great. Uh, what is it? Rorschach. What's Rorschach? Yeah. I, yeah, I'm going to mispronounce the name. I always do. That's that pine bluff coming out in me. <laughs> but it's all, I mean, because, you know, part of what our conversation is how uh, part of it is me, how I feel about myself interpreting you, how you feel about yourself interpreting me. Right. But at any rate, it ends up on the canvas. Right. Or the board in my case, because I work on these large boards. A lot of my work is like four feet by four feet kind of thing.
0: Yeah, that's, I, yeah. that's one of my... Typical sizes is four by four square. Yeah,
1: yeah. And it's a a board because I like mashing on the board. I like getting into the board and pushing things around and, you know, uh, manipulate. There's a lot of my DNA on my painting.
0: Yeah, that's good. Because I'm
1: always, my fingers are always there. Yeah.
0: Oh, so that's interesting to know that, like, there's a lot of, okay, a lot of actual hands in there. Okay. Yeah,
1: sometimes it's easier, like with big spaces, as you know, it's easier sometimes to finger paint than it is to... To, uh, to, to to fill the brush yep. paint, fill the brush yep. paint. You kind of like you can just
0: yep.
1: splet, splackle it around and splackle. I made that word up. Uh, put <laughs> it around, sure. <laughs> and then and then move the paint around, kind of thing. Right. Yeah.
0: Well, and then we're we're big music fans, and you mentioned the blues earlier. Like, who's who's like a uh, who's your favorite? And this, I hate this question, but who's like your favorite art and music M- musician um, solo?
1: Man, I like everybody. I um like what let me say maybe I could better answer by telling you what I'm listening to now. Yeah. I saw a uh documentary on Bob Marley. Yeah. So I've been listening to him for the last couple of weeks since I saw that. Prior to that, I got a call from the great, great Dee Dee Bridgewater. Oh. Because she had um she she has a relationship with uh, a person featured in one of my books in, uh, Black American Voices. She's right. in a relationship with, uh, Tony Zamora from the Zamora Art Collection. Cause I'm a, I'm a, um, the trustee for that. And I created this book of images paralleling African lives with African American lives, blah, blah, blah. But anyway, she told me she was just, she just had to call me to let me know she had the book and that she appreciated or whatever. And it was so funny because I told her, I said, you really should tell people to sit down before you announce yourself because <laughs> I, <laughs> I nearly fell over. Right. So uh, up until I saw the Bob Marley documentary, I was listening to D.D. Bridgewater. So I'm, you know, I'm kind of like all over the place, you know, and then I start all over again. I like blues. I like yeah. uh, a regular R&B jazz. It just depends on what I'm doing, yeah. um, you know.
0: And does that does the music does the music filter into the to the art at all? Like does that? Because oh, again, like I I I listen to you know all kinds of music. I actually used to work in a record store, so I have I yeah. just listen to everything. And to me, sometimes just that whatever you're listening to can filter in just because of the beat or or the speed or whatever.
1: Uh, I'm sure it does. I can't point right. again. I can't point to it and tell you where it, it shows up, but, uh, I'm, I'm sure it does. Um, but I like all types of music. I mean, people, my friends are shocked sometimes if we're riding along and they'll see me mouthing the words of some song, some obscure, what they think is obscure song, right. including country, right? Cause you know, country is just the blues, yeah, you know, <laughs> except for they're not, uh, the blues, the, uh, Country is more fatal than blues. Like in the blues, it's like my baby's gone, yeah. but I'm gonna get me a new baby. And the in, in country in country music, they're like, My baby gone, and I don't think I'm ever gonna find another one. <laughs> you know kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> so, That's true you know. though. Oh, I'm just, I'm fascinated. I'm, I'm, I'm fascinated by so little, you know, I guess that's why everything gets my attention because it takes so, so little to fascinate. But
0: that's, but that's, I i think that's why you're so creative and why I think again, like it is inspiring to watch because you genuinely you can actually see the joy. You can see the joy in the paintings. I think that's a really great way to say it. It's like when I, when I look at them, like I just, there's a like there's an it sounds weird to say but like there's an energy to me that comes off of them and- okay so i want to say
1: something about that yeah because there's a lot of um i think that there's a lot of uh pain poem in some cultural work right. where people will make people look really terribly sad or miserable or they'll you know and there's a certainly there's a place for everything for me i try to I, I, I like to tell the story of our shared humanity, because sometimes we can be pushed into a place to where we think that it, it, I don't know how to explain this. Like for instance, a parent and their child is simply a parent and their child. The energy that, that, that is uh, shared between a parent and their child is the same all over the world. Yep. The challenges that a man has with his woman they're universal. So I would prefer to uh, just paint about the shared humanity than trying to make perhaps a political or social statement. And I know that it has its place. You know, it's just not, it's not my wheelhouse. Yep. So if there's a certain energy that may be present, I underline the word may, that may be present in my work because I'm not, I'm not, I'm seeking to talk about kind of the emotion that we share with each other and how we feel about ourselves. Right. You know, um, I'm looking in here to see if there's something, no, there's nothing I can show you. Never mind.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I've, like I said, I've, I've seen, you know, not a ton of work online, but, um, a good deal to get that, just an understanding of what, you know, like, what your paintings, how they resonate with me. And um, like I said, I, you know, to me, I, you're an inspiring person. Um, You, you, you definitely inspire me um, just through a, a through, through your artistic endeavors, but also through your, you know, past athletic endeavors. And then what, what you do in between and around and all that stuff. And I just think, you know, it's it I can't say it any better than it's like it's you're an inspiring human and, and
1: well, you're, you're very kind thank <laughs> you very much that's so encouraging well, that is it really is you know um, um and thank you and I, and I want you know the thing about I me mean, I I, I want to live up to that I really do you I mean, some people <laughs> no, I really I mean really I, I think when people when you receive a compliment you know You can distance yourself from it because humility might dictate that you're like, oh, no, I'm just a, you know, little boy from Pine Bluff. But no, it's like, no, that's who I'm trying to be. I'm trying to be this decent person. And for me, instead of looking at it as a privilege, I look at it as a responsibility. You know, I want to be that. I want to be, you know like I had a, a young person in my family look up to me cause they all, they I'm, they're fascinated by my size and everything. Right. And it was like, uncle Barry's here. Uh, <laughs> but I, I was looking at him and he was looking at the, the full length of my body. He was like maybe six years old, five, six years old. And I was looking at him thinking, damn, you know, I want, I need to be who you think I am.
0: Yep.
1: And so whenever I get a compliment, that's what I'm thinking. Um, I want, I want to be that. I want to be that cat.
0: Yeah. No, that's cool. I I mean, I I think that's like a, unless you have anything that we didn't talk about, like I think that's like a really beautiful ending because I, you know, I I do think that what you put out in the world is a important and inspiring and, and
1: well, thank you. And I appreciate the invitation. I'm so glad that, um, we got together. I, I absolutely. I, 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 I had no. Yeah, I had no expectations. I just said, okay, well, uh, well let, we, let's like, do it.
0: You know, the, <laughs> and I, I would love. We would love to like do some stuff with you in the future. We do um like pop up exhibits at arenas and stuff with. We work hmm. with uh, current and former professional athletes that are artists. We also work with veterans that are artists. We're we're trying to inspire. You know change um we're trying to like give back to the communities underserved youth like bring bring creativity to people that like don't have like certain you know materials to do it and and so we're really trying to to do different we're actually in the process and we're still a young company um but we're in the process of buying some property that we want to start an artist athlete residency and be able to do like workshops and bring like one week we could bring in a business, you know, like to do some workshops and then by them paying for that, the next week we can bring in underserved youth that, you know, like we can have them do artist athletic you know, like workshops and events and bring in some of the people we work with, just to really inspire. Well, it sounds like it
1: sounds like you're doing a lot of the work that you admire and other people as well. Absolutely. So I I, you should be saluted as well. Uh, You know.
0: (laughs) No, but we would like, like I said, we'd we'd love to do do stuff with you in the future. Because I think you're, you know, again, your voice lends so much to, um, to just a lot of people.
1: And, and a lot of people are doing it. I would, if we would, if we're closing, I would close on that is that because you don't hear about people, yep. because the public, their listeners, because they don't hear about some of the other athlete and entertainers and even professional people that are out doing things, it doesn't mean they're not doing it. It's just they haven't heard of it because yep. they have to consider until now, they didn't know that I was doing what I'm doing. Exactly. you know kind of thing so i don't want to i, I want to just say that i'm i'm proud to be a member of that tribe yep but the tribe is large
0: yep yep yeah well again Absolutely, absolutely appreciate it. Um, we'll, I'll, I'll be in touch with you, like, and, and and update you. And I'm gonna send you a couple images of my paintings so you know what I do. <laughs> and, okay. Uh, I was
1: looking for them. I couldn't find them. I was, I kept looking and looking. I'm not looking in the right place. Uh,
0: I don't have a website just because it's too much to, to, to maintain. It's like another job. I, I showed a couple different galleries. One in Richmond, Virginia, where I live uh one in St. Louis and one in up in Columbus. So I'll send you a link so you can look oh, at okay. it. Um and
1: and and, and a
0: little trivia pursuit
1: I actually built this stained glass. Did you really? That's, <laughs> I did.
0: that's beautiful. No, and again like to I, I, me like there's I'd a, like
1: to take I'd like to take a lot of credit for it, but it really just was born out of me not one. I think your uh, one of your guests was uh Percy yeah. Jackson. Percy and he King was talking about King, I'm sorry, Percy yep. King. I, please forgive me, Percy, if That's you're listening right. to this. I did. I meant no. I meant no harm, man. Uh, but he was talking about building, and I kind of got into building yep. these stained glass windows because I didn't want to pay five thousand dollars to have someone build one for me. So I was like, "Oh, I'll just do that myself."
0: And you know? he—he's <laughs> Percy is just uh, f- unbelievable artist. And yeah, yeah, same kind I, of I saw situ- his work, same kind of situation as you, like. He was always creative, but he never did it until, you know, after the fact. Yeah, yeah, just, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's yeah, I it. built, I
1: built that. There's, awesome. I've, I've got uh, one, two, three, four, five of those here. I, I just, you know, made them. They're that's, really it's a really simple kind of formula to it. You just do it, you But know? you did it.
0: That's the thing is you, <laughs> if,
1: you if you look at something, if you, I'm, I believe that if you look at anything long enough, yeah. you can figure it out.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: <laughs> you know, <laughs> It it might be a little crooked, but it'll come out. It'll it.
0: <laughs> that just means it has character, right? I, like,
1: I always I'm like those people that uh, go to the IKEA store and they got these extra parts at the end, but they look and say, "Well, it won't fall on the baby, so we're gonna we're gonna go with that. We'll just put these parts to the side in case it ever makes sense where it goes." Yep, so, absolutely. So all of my work it, it looks beautiful from here, but if you get a little closer, you'll see it's <laughs> a little crooked. <laughs>
0: Those are all always right, the best pieces. Well, thank you. I will send you an email. This will we'll probably put this out um, not next Monday, but the Monday after. And okay, I'll, I'll, I'll let look you forward.
1: know. I'll look forward yeah. to it. I never get I never get used to hearing myself.
0: Uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's perfect. Well, dude, I, I appreciate it, man. And we, we'll be in touch beyond that because like again, we'd love to do some stuff with you in the future. So all right. Take care now. All right, be well, man. Stay well. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks again to Joe for coming on the podcast today. Just you know, a real pleasure to hear his stories about his past and really to talk about his creative practice. Again, make sure to follow him on Instagram at Carroll or check out his website joberrycarroll.com. Make sure again to listen to our new podcast on the Abstract Athlete Network, The Abstract Doctors with Dr. G and Dr. C. Follow us at TheAbstractDoctors.com and on social media under The Abstract Doctors, and the One Man's Ethos podcast with Tony Mandrich, which you can follow on Instagram at One Man's Ethos, or you can check us out at OneMansEthos.com. You can also follow Tony on Instagram at Tony Mandrich, or you can check out his amazing photographs at TonyMandrich.com. Thank you for listening to The Abstract Athlete Podcast. Stop by our website, theabstractathlete.com, and our social media outlets for future events, pop-up exhibits, podcasts, and other information, including daily creative training journals and subscription boxes. See you next time when we talk with an amazing artist, veteran, Purple Heart recipient, and really an all-around great human, Michael Goodrich. Thank you as always and do not forget to exercise the body and do not forget to exercise the mind. Stay well out there.